Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast pre-season diary special. Uh, Apologies, we've not uh, recorded an entry for some days and certainly not this week, but... uh, some certain designs of a new stadium that could well be built on the city's waterfront were getting in the way, weren't they, this week? That was the talk of the last few days, and we did record a uh, Royal Blue Bramley Moor Dock special, which I'm I'm hopeful that you've all listened to. If not, check that out across our channels. And, you know, tremendous, weren't they, those designs? The vision of Dan Mice coming to life um, this week. Uh, so that was Thursday, of course. It was Wigan on Wednesday, uh, but now we... We'll sit down and, and, and we'll try and make sense of the games that have just taken place here in Germany against Sevilla and Mainz. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Firstly, what was the strongest available 11 to Marco losing to Sevilla 1-0? Um, a Lucas Ocampos penalty in the second half proving the difference. And then a much changed team in, in the second game. Later in the afternoon against Mainz, um, uh, young and inexperienced and and fairly sort of makeshift team that you know also included changes during the match, um, going down three one, um, and I think I think the biggest issue sort of the biggest talking point for for many Blues fans um, afterwards is certainly doing certainly what we're doing up front or, or what we're not doing up front. Um, I, I think it's important we just focus on the severe game more than the second one against Mainz, given that you know, it was effectively built of, of a 23 squad. And, and I think largely those lads have, have almost been the success success story of the summer so far. You know, Broadhead, Lewis Gibson. It was Gibson who scored, actually. It was a good finish from corner. Um, but that, again, in itself is, 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 is bringing it back into the big discussion about up front... Um, creativity, goals. Everton have only scored three times in five friendlies. Now, pre-season needs perspective, of course, absolutely. And you know, I've done enough pre-seasons and covered enough pre-season games to to understand that you need to temper your analysis and assessment in these situations. Because remember, last term, don't we? For example, crazy win against Erdning, rubbish thereafter, tonked by Wren in the final. Um, away fixture, um, beaten at Goodison, um, you know, six days before the season. Yet the team made a pretty decent start to the season, so it isn't always a um, accurate barometer of how things are going to pan out. But equally, um, it would be remiss, and nobody has as as um, nobody has missed this, have they? For want of a better phrase. We are looking light in attacking areas. The team are not creating much. Um, and again, against Sevilla, it, it, it was largely toothless. Uh, the two the two chances, the two big chances, um, 
one in either half fell to Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing for the second time uh, in pre-season uh, look I thought Dominic looked stronger and sharper than he did at Wigan um, so obviously he's going to get better um, you know and, and in my piece I'm sure many of you have read um, he's wearing the number 9 jersey now and, and look Evan don't confirm squad numbers until um, start of next month but it's clear you know he wants the 9 has asked for it it would appear given that Sandro's gone out on loan again and you know even if it is it is only symbolic it felt and it feels as though Dominic is trying to sort of lay a marker down put a line in the sand and say look I want to be the number 9 not just you know figuratively physically and you know and metaphorically I want to be I believe I am Everton's number 9 and I think you know I think we should admire that the way he wants to challenge that task and and you know he he's he's read the reports he's seen the rumors he's seen what what Marco and Marcel have said about about up front and and, and the fact that it's clear the club wants to strengthen that area and so but he's taking that challenge head on and he still wants to be the main man um I think there's a lot of will for Dominic to succeed. Um, he is still a very young striker in, in many respects. Um, I think he's got many tools in his armory that that make him um, a real handful. Uh, and we saw towards the end of last season how how brilliant he was. He led, led the line as be, as well in, in sort of a front man, target man type role. He led the line and did all that sort of stuff as well as anybody towards the end of the season. But ultimately, and you cannot escape the fact that goals are what strikers really uh, will be judged on. Um, and again, today, look, it's, again, everything in perspective, everything with you know a deep breath. But of course, there's two big chances in that first game against Sevilla. Both fell to Dominic Calvalu. And the first should have been tucked away. Um, Sigurdsson sliding him in. Immaculate first touch from from Dominic took him away from the defender, but then he prods it wide, and then in the second half, Lugadin picks him out of the box, uh, headed into the ground. It's it's clawed away. I haven't actually seen a, a replay of of the second, so um, I, I'll I'll defer to anybody who has in terms of whether it's it, it's as clear cut a chance as, as the first. Uh, but certainly, I did leave with the impression thinking that he's probably reflecting on that as a, as a, as another. Um, Wasted opportunity, and 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 again, it's 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 an inescapable um, talking point and an element of of this summer. And you will read at some point this evening, or may well have read by the times you've got round to this pod. Um, I spoke to Marco after the game um, in the tunnel, and he was um, honest, candid. Um, almost sort of laying bare um, the situation um, mapping it out for the next 12 slash 11 days before the window shuts um, less than two weeks until Palace um, I asked him the first first question and I asked him was obviously give me his feelings about the day you know two defeats um, it, you know he, he wasn't he fails to hide his disappointment on the touchline you know some managers might try and be a little bit sort of coy about, you know, not giving too much away. And I look, Michael doesn't sort of rant and rave a great deal, but it's, you can clear, we've we, we've all seen Michael on the touchline enough to know, but it's clear when he's not happy and he wasn't happy and isn't happy. And, and in and in this first response to, to my first question, which 
lasted well over three minutes. Now it's not it's not uncommon for Marco to give quite detailed, in depth answers immediately after a game um, to one question. He kind of he, that's, that's that's common for him in press conferences. But I think in in ever since we've been dealing with Marco, I think that's probably the longest single answer I've ever had off him. Um, it was part analysis of of the games. It almost felt like there was still immediately fresh it felt like he was still analysing and trying to compute it all himself so it was that it was almost a stream of consciousness it was almost part rocket to the players it was part um, almost not reminder to the board almost this is the situation we've got to get it done so I don't know how you would you, you would describe that maybe he, he was some people would perhaps say he was his words are putting pressure on on the board because ultimately, you know, Everton generally are up against the clock here um, to get the deals done, and it looks like, as we knew, it probably will be five signings, four if Idrissa stays. Um, Marco saying he has spoken to the player, will continue to speak to the player. Um, again, sort of say nothing's done, um, but clearly, you know, I think I think. It would be fair to say that Idrissa has certainly got one foot, if not one and a half feet, uh, in PSG. Um, his heart's certainly there, isn't it? Um, but Marco still trying to convince him to stay. But if he says, "Look, if we can't convince him to stay and we sell him," we again reiterating, you know, after what he'd said to me in Switzerland, saying we have to find a direct replacement. So that makes five signings now. Um, as I recalled this on Saturday evening, there was no sense that anything was close um, obviously you know come Sunday there could be movement on, on, on incomings but of course you know five new players in the door in sort of 11 days is is steep but of course not impossible um, Everton of course did five signings in eight days last summer you know it, but it was far from ideal and it was right to the right to the wire in fact eight days it was more like eight and a bit days with zoom wasn't it so in many ways that's too close for comfort i remember marcel saying he'd never experienced anything like it and sort of saying i don't want to have to go through it again but it, it may well be that that case and it may well be a situation where everton are really 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 active towards the final few days of the window marco had said to us last week He'd wanted in an ideal situation to have his full finalised squad um, at Finch Farm by the end of the month. Now, that's what, three and a half days away, less than four days away. It'd be a miracle for that to happen. I think he's obviously bracing himself from what he's saying that it's going to be, it's going to be late. Um, but really kind of bluntly saying to, 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 to the powers at Everton, if we do not do this business, we will not do better than last season. Now, you know, look, there's, there's arguments for and against whether, whether you know, the squad as it stands or, or you know, with Richarlison back and maybe with a couple of new faces could still do better. But look, that's Marco's view and, 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 and really he's kind of, as I say, his blunt kind of, this is where we are, state of address. This is what needs to happen if things are going to get better and, and the club are, are going to at least go seventh, and then hopefully break the top six. So interesting. Uh, Eleven days ahead, you know, that's that's an understatement, isn't it? It's going to be busy because ultimately, as well, we cannot forget. And this is the theme 
and the narrative of, of the summer at Goodison that it isn't just about simply, in inverted commas, simply bringing in five, four or five players. It's about having to still hack away at the wage bill, still reduce the size of the squad. It's about freeing up the resource, if you like, for the, to bring the players in as well. Because it, you know, as much as there's a clear necessity to bring these players in, the football club, Marcel Brands, will not sanction just bringing in new players without getting rid of any more. That, um, you know, that that's certain. So there is so much work to be done, ins and outs, of course. There is the European market until the end of August, so I think it's actually into September. So in terms of there is a possibility to be loaning and selling players beyond the British window. But of course, that is a difficulty in itself because clubs know that you know, you know, the Everton at that point aren't in in necessarily the strongest position because their own window's shut, and and you know it's clear that the club need to um, trim the fat. So. Um, yeah, a really kind of pivotal 12, 11, 12 days in every sense as we build then to, to Palace away and, 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 and you can understand um, any coaches kind of managers are in such difficult positions they're under pressure so early in, in the season now look we hope that there's a stability and there's a long-term thinking now with Marco but of course you know he will feel the pressure if things don't start well and that's why he's he's saying these things so um, yeah fascinating period and, and we hope everything gets done and we hope the work gets gets complete um, yeah so thank you very much for listening to this um, we'll check in in the week maybe some uh, normal uh, Royal Blue uh, pod during the week and then it'd be my colleague Adam Jones going to Bremen uh, I'm off next weekend so um, follow Adam on Twitter he'll be updating um, and providing analysis and reaction from the game with Bremen next weekend um, but yes thank you for listening and we'll speak again soon You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo